Right, so the first reading comes from Exodus 24, verses 12 to 18. The Lord said to Moses, come up to the mountain to me, and while you are here, I will give you two stone tablets which contain all the laws that I have written for the instruction of the people. Moses and his helper Joshua got ready, and Moses began to go up to the holy mountain. Moses said to the leaders, wait here in the camp for us until we come back. Aaron and Hur are here with you, and so whoever has a dispute to settle can go to them. Moses went up Mount Sinai, and a cloud covered it. The dazzling light of the Lord's presence came down on the mountain. To the Israelites, the light looked like a fire burning on top of the mountain. The cloud covered the mountain for six days, and on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from the cloud. Moses went up on the mountain into the cloud. There he stayed for 40 days and nights. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the second reading comes from Matthew 17, verses 1 to 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and the brothers James and John and led them up a high mountain where they were alone. As they looked on, a change came over Jesus. His face was shining like the sun and his clothes were dazzling white. Then the three disciples saw Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. So Peter spoke up and said to Jesus, Lord, how good it is that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was talking, a shining cloud came over them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my own dear son, with whom I am pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard the voice, they were so terrified that they threw themselves face down on the ground. Jesus came to them and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. So they looked up and saw no one there but Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let's be to God. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, come to us. Lord Jesus Christ, come to us. Holy Spirit, come to us. We ask for your name and for your glory. Amen. Today we've got readings, both readings that touch on God's glory. Yeah, God's glory. And um, what is God's glory when, if you think about it? What does the word glory of God mean to you? Well, from the scriptures, one of the impressions we get about the glory is that the glory of God is one of the ways he appears to people. The glory of the Lord is a manifestation, a sign of his presence. However, when God appears to his people, their situation often affects what they see and how they respond. And their appearance may, be, may seem different depending on how 
also how God chooses to reveal himself. The Bible tells us we can never see God as he is, face to face. This, the image on the screen is, on the slide, is the transfiguration and the disciples who had um, been taken up the mountain by Jesus. The Bible says we can never see God face to face. Ever since the fall into sin in the Garden of Eden, that's just the way it is. 1 Timothy 6, 15-17 describes God as the one who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. In Exodus 33:20, God said, You cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. In scripture, when God is revealed, usually there is a purpose. When his glory is revealed, there is a purpose behind it. I'll mention just three as we review this phenomenon that is um, God's glory. So firstly, in Exodus 13, and I think I have that on the next slide, yes. The Israelites had left Egypt, led out by Moses. And this is at the beginning of the journey we read. By, the, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in, in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light. So that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud nor the day, by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. The pillars were a manifestation of the presence of the Lord. In fact, it is referred often in tradition as the Shekinah glory. You may have heard of that term, the Shekinah glory. The word Shekinah doesn't appear in the Bible. It says Jewish rabbis very early on coined the expression from a Hebrew word that literally means he caused to dwell. He appeared. He caused to dwell. It signified that this was a divine visitation of the presence or dwelling of the Lord. It has its first appearance here as the Israelites set out in their escape from Egypt. God used it to lead them for 40 years. And so regarding God's purposes here, we see, firstly, sometimes God reveals his glory to give direction. The glory appears in order for us to receive direction. In the wilderness, after the Exodus, God directed and guided his people. He spoke not only by the glory, but he also spoke directly to Moses on their behalf. He also gave them a personal escort in the angel of the Lord. But he was also present himself in the form of a glory as a visible pillar. The second purpose we can see from that is Sometimes God reveals his glory to give protection. And in the, in the lower reference there, Exodus 13, 19, the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. And the pillar also moved from the front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. The Egyptian army was in pursuit of the Israelites, and, but God troubled the Egyptians through the cloud, through his presence, through his glory. 
Again, for example, in Exodus 14, during the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. So the pillar was, we see, a, a source of direction, a source of protection, but it was also a testimony to people that God, to other nations, that God was with his people. A third purpose connected to the appearance of the glory is that sometimes God reveals his glory to give specific instructions or to reveal something about himself. In our first reading that Peter shared in Exodus, Moses goes to Mount Sinai, the mountain of the Lord, and the Bible says the cloud of the, the presence of God covered it. And I think I have that in the next slide. Yes, when Moses went up the mountain, the cloud covered it. The glory of the Lord settled. For six days a cloud covered the mountain. On the seventh day Moses entered it. To the Israelites, the, cloud, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. God caused Moses up the mountain so he can receive God's commandments on behalf of the people. Exodus 20:18 says, God descended on the mountain in fire and billowing smoke. The mountain shook, lightning flashed and thunder boomed. The sound of the, a trumpet grew louder and louder and the Israelites were terrified. It's not surprising Moses says, I am trembling with fear. And remarkably, remarkably verse 17 says, to the Israelites, it looked like a consuming fire. The God we serve is an awesome God. And he does reveal himself in glory. However, because of our condition of sinfulness, we are unable to stand in the presence of God's full glory. Nevertheless, Moses went up and moved closer to God. In the meantime, if you remember the story, what happened? The Israelites became impatient. And during the 40 days, they chose to do something else. They put pressure on Aaron, the high priest, and as a suitable substitute for God, they made a golden calf. And they worshipped it as an idol. Unsurprisingly, God was not pleased since the people had moved away. And so, a lesson here is, even when God reveals himself, there's no guarantee that people will not rebel against him in their free will. Today, you might say, we don't see the glory of God as dramatically as Moses and the Israelites did. They saw it day by day, night by night. But we do see the glory of God, don't we? We don't see it in, in full glory because of the separation, because of our condition. Ever since the fall, the separation of man from God has existed. However, because of what Christ has done, the separation of sin has been redeemed by Jesus Christ. Jesus died, Jesus rose again. 
and he broke that separation. He tore the veil. And the way to the holiest of holy has been made open. Jesus paid the price by his blood. And now by his grace and his, his mercy, we can approach the very throne of God. We can in faith. Today the glory of God is revealed to all who have faith in the redeeming blood of Christ. Through faith we see that, that glory in the Bible, in the words of the scriptures, as, as, as we come to them in faith. But we also see the glory in the wonders of, the, of nature as the Spirit reveals that to us. God reveals himself, communicating about himself through things we see in nature. We see it in the beauties of the sunrise and sunset. We see it in the majesty of the universe, the glory of God, the stars at night, the glory of God, the seasons and the years, they speak about the glory of God. Listen to Psalm 19, verses 1 to 4. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They have no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. God's glory is all around us. If we allow it, we can be drawn to worship through seeing the things that God has made. Unfortunately, today many have moved away from God, and like the Israelites in the valley, many don't like to wait. Many get impatient. The golden calf has been replaced by other things that appear to give security, that appear to give confidence. And so when God reveals his glory, sometimes people are not able to see it. Jesus reveals his glory in the New Testament. I think I have that in the last slide. In John chapter 2, the first revelation of his glory was in the miracle in Cana. Right at the beginning, the first, at the beginning of his ministry, he performed the miracle of changing water to wine. And verse 11 says, What Jesus did here in Cana and Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. And Jesus, ever since that first work, has continued to work. And he is working still now. And as he does, he reveals his glory. For those who have faith, we, see, we can see that still. And in our gospel reading, there is yet another occasion when the awesome glory of God is revealed. Peter, James, and John experienced it. They were allowed into an intimate fellowship with God the Father and the Lord Jesus, where he had led them up a high mountain. Verse 9 says, As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. But as I said in the beginning, sometimes when God's glory appears, our condition or our situation affects what we see and how we respond. Moses needed to, to climb away in the Old Testament. Moses needed to climb away 
and to get away from the troublesome crowd in order to get to God's glory. Maybe sometimes we do too, but not necessarily a physical mountain. The mountaintop glory is um, really quite close. It's in our homes, if, as we open our Bibles. Provided we have a good quiet time discipline, we can encounter God's glory. However, on some occasions we might need to find a place where we are more able to experience God's glory. We may need to occasionally get away from daily distractions or maybe just having to get away from self-reliance, from busyness, from distractions that steal our time and attention from God. May the Lord help us to recognize and avoid those things that hinder us from encountering his glorious presence. And as we do, as we seek him, we need to exercise patience in approaching God's glory. A common prayer we find in the Psalms is, I will wait, I will wait on you. I will wait for you. Waiting is part of the discipline we have as we seek God's glory. Moses got to the mountaintop, but he had to wait six days before God spoke to him. Six days. The impatience of the Israelites caused them to turn to other, other ways, other means for their confidence. And their impatience affected their relationship with God and disrupted their community. So patience, even as, coming, as we come to God, is a virtue and strength. Sometimes God doesn't come to us or reveal to us, himself to us in the time we expect him to. But his time is always right. Patience is a virtue and a strength. It's also a gift of the Holy Spirit. When we lose patience, we are vulnerable. Like the Israelites, we can easy be, easily be misled. May may follow someone or something that moves us away from God. God is calling us to a closer, more intimate relationship as we read the scripture. God is faithful. He will show us marvelous things when we seek him. When we seek him patiently. He will increase in us. He will help us in finding direction. He will afford us protection in the places that we need it. He will give strength to our faith. He will give us a testimony. He will give us specific instructions even regarding our situation. He will reveal himself to us if we are patient. Let's seek him humbly and with eyes of faith. And he will show us marvelous things. May we seek him for our lives and be found faithful. Amen.